0: You're listening to a sermon audio from Cypress Church. You can listen to more sermons on our website or by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. We hope you enjoy the sermon and invite you to attend one of our services at 9 and 1030 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Oh, Isn't that great? It definitely is a miracle to see how God has transformed Eliza's life and uh, a life change and life anew. I, it has been exciting to watch that as he's been involved in the small group that I attend and, and we have seen that. You know, he sensed that longer, that longing, that hunger, like each one of us. We long for purpose. We long for meaning. We long for significance. We want to not just be, as as David mentioned, outside looking in. We want to be part and, and have that sense of belonging and taking in not only the testimony of others, but he had to find out for himself. And so he investigated and found compelling evidence in Jesus. He found the claims of Jesus to be true and enough so that he could say that Jesus is his Lord and his God. And that belief transformed his life. He has such a joy and, and has uh, now he's using his gifts in music. He's actually leading one of our, uh, our branches, our Garden Grove branch this morning in worship. And, uh, and I'm sure he'll be up here at some point. I know he's been to the other branches as well, but he is living that life anew. See, for Eliza and really for us, evidence is important. We want to know, yes, the, the intellectual facts, but we also want to know the, the heart realities of things when they come into our life. Evidence is important. It's important like a court case many years ago against Luis Diaz, who was arrested and tried and convicted to be the bird road rapist. Though he did not fit the description and no fingerprints or other evidence were at any crime scene or at his home, yet he was picked out of a lineup by five of the victims So for 26 years, he was in prison for a crime he did not commit. Fifteen years later, victims came forward and recanted their identification of Diaz. And his son pushed for DNA testing, which evidently cleared his father. The reliability of the evidence brought life anew to Luis and his family, What's interesting, and the interesting reality of this story, is the evidence was there. It just needed to be brought up, wrestled with, and believed. Jesus and his disciples, or Jesus' disciples back then when Jesus was alive, um, and even now, we're in a similar situation. Yet with the claims of Christ, and the teachings of Christ, because they are difficult to understand. They're difficult to comprehend. They're, they're life-changing. For Jesus said in, in John 10, verse 9, he says, I am the door, and anyone who enters by me, he will be saved, and he will go in and out and find pasture. He'll find life anew. Well, when Jesus said the words, I am, which he said in a number of different places over in the gospel of John, I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am all these things. I am the light of the world. When he was saying the word, I am, it was a clear sign. He was claiming to be God. Now, I don't know about you, but if somebody walked in off the street, whether it's in, in uh, a, a shopping center or your place of business, or even in a church here and said, Hey, I'm God you kind of go, woo, little crazy. <laughs> now, we know people have God complexes, but yet to actually claim to be God, it's a little bit out there. It was out there when Jesus made the claim. The Jewish leaders who had heard this knew exactly the meaning when Jesus said, I am. As a matter of fact, they in this same chapter of John chapter 10, the Jews picked up stones to execute them because that's how they executed people. <laughs> they just pummeled them with stones. Well, as Jesus is walking through that in verse 23 of chapter 10, he says, for which of the good works I did are you upset about? And the, the, the religious leader said, not for the good works that we're upset about. We're upset because you being a man claim to be God. It was an audacious claim, a difficult claim. Yet Jesus, like any other religious leader or teacher, Of our time and the time to come, he spoke with great authority and truth. His miracles were like none other. He gave sight to the blind. He caused lame people to to walk upright. He walked on water. (laughs) And he even raised people from the dead. And the climax of all the incredible things Jesus did, he actually rose physically from the grave. And that's what we celebrate today because he is risen. risen Yes, he has. Jesus is God. But also Jesus claimed to be the door of salvation. See, we were born with a a predicament, a a separation from God that Eliezer spoke of. That his sin has separated us. Isaiah fifty nine two puts it this way: "But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden His face from you, so that He does not hear." And yet Jesus, as we learned on Friday night, for those who came to a, a Good Friday service here or other places, that Jesus took our shame produced by sin, and His death in the grave gave us opportunity for life anew. For He took upon Him our sin. And paid its penalty so that we could bridge that gap. So that God could bridge that gap for us. Free from the decay and corrosion sin brings. Because we are all subject to the deadly effects of sin. We are born with that within. And we naturally act it out. I mean, just look at our world. People are acting out that sin nature. We see it all over the media. Bombings and shootings and uh, people breaking into people's houses and uh, cheating and lying and, and the list is never ending. The great tragedy is this, this climate of sin has a deep effect on us personally because we're not able to live out that true path of life that God created it for us. See, he knit us together in our mom and gave us a, a purpose and a plan of life, and, and yet when we're not connected from him, distant from him, we can't live out that reality, and we're because of sin blocked from God, and, and if that's not all, we're kept out of heaven because of sin, the opposite of life anew, but Jesus is the door. We can't get there ourselves. It's only through Christ and what he did on the cross that he paid the penalty for our sin and allowed us to have the ability to come into God's presence, to be able to, because he bridged the gap, we now have the opportunity to walk through the door. And that door, walking through the door is the door of belief, just like Eliza. He came to that point of belief. It's a claim to to bring up, to, to wrestle with, and to choose to believe or not. Jesus made many other claims. One such is, is in John chapter 14, verse 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus claims to be the, the pathway of real life, pathway of life anew. That through Jesus, we can experience love not just any love, but that deep love where we get that sense of, of, of purpose and that sense of satisfaction, that sense of significance. We can't find it any other way. And, and the, the Bible verse, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 talk about that. I'm going to mention some, a number of Bible verses. You can write them down, look them up later. I encourage you to do so, or they'll be in a study guide, which I'll tell you about in a moment. But through Jesus, we can experience love. Through Jesus, needs are met. Philippians four nineteen says, "For all of our needs will be met in Christ Jesus, and we have incredible belonging." David spoke about that. out of Galatians, but it's all over the Bible. First Peter chapter two verses nine and ten said that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Once we were not a people, but now we are a people. We have belonging in Christ through him. That's where life anew is founded. Not only that, there is purpose. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for good things, not for bad things, to give you a, a hope and a future. These are claims to view and to, to wrestle with and to choose to believe or not. But One of the greatest claims Jesus ever made was that he would rise from the dead. John chapter 2, verse 19, Jesus is talking to them, these religious leaders, and he said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. He wasn't talking about the physical temple in Jerusalem. He was talking about his physical body, that he would rise from the dead, that he would be resurrected, not only in this place, all over scripture he talks about that. An action that would validate his claims, that would prove he was right and confirm his authority. One disciple, one follower of Jesus, struggled with the reality of Jesus being resurrected. He, he heard the disciples talk about it, and, and he said, you know, maybe they're uh, disillusioned in some way. Maybe they saw a ghost, or, or, or they were hallucinating. And for Thomas the doubter, there was unsurety until Jesus Met him until he encountered Jesus. I want you to, to listen to his story, if you wouldn't mind. And so, if you have a Bible with you, if you don't, that's okay. You can just listen. But uh, John chapter 20, verse 24 uh, through 31. It says, Now, Thomas, one of the twelve called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. Now, what it's talking about is that it's talking about when Jesus came to be in the midst of the disciples. After he was resurrected, because early that morning, that Sunday morning, Mary went down to, to, the, to the tomb to see if they would open the, the tomb so he, she could anoint the body of Jesus as a proper burial, because he didn't have time to do that because of the Sabbath. When Mary walked into the tomb area, she noticed that it was open and nobody was around. The guards were no longer there and, and Jesus was not there. And she was going, oh my gosh, where have they taken the body? She didn't even yet believe in the resurrection. And then she turned around and there was Jesus. She could not believe her eyes. She didn't recognize him at first until, until Jesus said, Mary, in that tone that she remembered. That deep within her, she, her heart leapt and she realized and clung to him. Jesus said, go tell the disciples. She went and ran and told the disciples. They couldn't believe it. They ran back to the tomb. They saw the empty tomb. And they were so afraid, thinking that the Jews are now out to get them because they thought that maybe they, the Jews thought that maybe they, uh, the disciples stole the body. So they went inside their room, huddled in there, and locked the door. And all of a sudden, whoosh! Jesus shows up! Just poof, He's there! He shows him his hands and and the, the wound in his side. Peace be with you, he says. And they are ecstatic. They tell everybody about what's going on. Thomas wasn't there. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the marks of the nails, and place my finger into the marks of the nails and place my hand into his side. I will never believe. Eight days later, the next Sunday, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. And although the doors were locked, whoosh, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Because he had to say that because they're all like freaking out. Whoa! How did he get in here? And then Jesus said to Thomas, put your fingers here. See my hands. Put your hand out and place it at my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing you may have life. Life in his name, that's life anew. Three choices we'll look at very quickly of Jesus, that Jesus' resurrection affords. But before we do... Why don't you stand to your feet and let's pray and ask God to reveal something to us if he hasn't already this morning. Father, thank you for the truth in your word, for the validation that all Jesus's claims are true because he rose from the grave. Lord, may we look at that evidence, wrestle with it, and believe in it. And this morning, Holy Spirit, challenge each one of us, we pray in your son's name. Amen. You may have a seat, and I encourage you, if you haven't already done so, there's a note page inside your worship folder that you receive. There's also a card there if you could write your name on it, and, and uh, Nikki will tell you what to do with that in a moment, but there's a, an outline to write some notes down in. There's some blanks. Those blanks will be up on the screen. The answers will be there, but also uh, we have in, in the lobby area <clears throat> a study guide that we give out most every Sunday that has, uh, a, if you want to go a little bit further in the Bible and look up some more verses and, and challenges, it's a self-bible. A lot of our life groups Uh, do that. We have life groups all over the place. Love to invite you to come join us. You can see your worship folder or the connections about that. But on the back, there are some, um, all the answers uh, to the fill in the blanks, plus all the extra verses I give. So if you want to pick this up, it'll be in the lobby area, and encourage you to do that. But three choices Jesus's resurrection affords. The first is to elect to see the evidence of Jesus. Thomas just wanted to see it for himself, and so did Eliza. And just like Jesus showed up in that room, God brought Eliezer to this room, to this church. And Elizar still had to see the evidence. So he looked into the book that was given to him, and he studied Jesus. That book, as he mentioned, was called The Case for Christ, written by Lee Strobel. Lee Strobel is an investigative reporter. And he didn't, he, Jesus rose from the grave? Come on. That can't be true. And so he went to disprove that. And in the process of disproving that, he came to realize that the evidence is so overwhelming that Jesus actually did race from the grave that he believed. And he's been writing about it in that sense ever since. Some of the evidence that's brought out in that book is the fact that Jesus is a person in history. There's no denying that. There's actually more proof that Jesus is a person in history than many of the the people that are written about in our history books. So the logic says he's either crazy or he was the Christ he claimed to be. The claims Jesus made were outstanding, Messiah, Savior, God, Creator, and yet those miracles. How could a crazy person do all those miracles? How could a crazy person raise from the dead? See the evidence. In history, it's clear. Jesus was executed and placed in a tomb. But on the third day, Sunday, his tomb was found empty by both his disciples and those who wanted to make sure he stayed dead. Because you see, Jesus had told everyone, he's going to rise. That's why they placed the guard in front of the tomb, because they wanted to make sure the disciples didn't steal the body and pretend he was alive. But that tomb was empty, and everybody knew it. Besides that, people saw Jesus alive, hundreds of them. And if they would have tried to show a false body of Jesus, they would have said, hey, I've just seen him. And so have a hundred of my friends. Matter of fact, 200, 300, more than that saw Jesus alive. There is great evidence. And besides that, the whole of Christianity was and is based on the resurrection. If the resurrection is not true according to 1 Corinthians 15, our faith is useless. All someone had to do is produce a body. And yet, people like Lee Strobel and others have sought to disprove, yet they've come to faith. See the evidence. Now, for a lot of us, it's not only the facts, but the the personal interaction, the uh, experiential evidence. We want to see that. Well, The Bible is full of of recorded encounters with Jesus where people had personal encounters and emotional responses with Jesus. Sometime take the Bible and look in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and see all the different interactions people had of Jesus. A real interaction. You just saw Eliza's story. And I know for me, it was the evidence of my friend's changed life that changed me. My friend Jeff was going through the same thing I was going through, yet he was very different about it. He said Jesus helped him. And I thought, if Jesus can help Jeff, maybe Jesus can help me. And he did. And 2.2 plus billion other people follow Christ in our world today. See the evidence. Well, seeing the evidence is one thing. We now need to choose to to wrestle with Jesus' claims. When Thomas first heard the evidence, (laughs) he did wrestle. And he said, I cannot believe this. For yes, the claims of Jesus are tough, that he is who he is, that he would raise from the dead. And we can just think, ah, it's not worth the hassle. All these claims. But what if Luis's son would have let the claim of his father and his father's innocence drop? The life giving, life a new reality of the truth would not have set Luis free. What if the claims of Christ are true? See. Wrestling with Jesus' claims is worth it. Jesus, speaking to a group of people, uh, challenging them with his difficult claims, said, know the truth, and the truth will set you free, as as John 8, 32 says. The Bible encourages us. Proverbs 3, 5 uh, through 8 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In other words, look at the evidence. It's there. It's not like we just blindly. Ooh, Christian faith. There's evidence there. Look into that. And in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. You will have that life anew. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil and it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. It's not complicated. That's why Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 to 30, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, that's my way of life upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Take my way of life, Jesus says. It's easy and my burden is life. It's not some big set of rules or complicated actions. Jesus summed it all up in Matthew 22 and he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body and soul. And out of the outflow of that love, we love our neighbors and we love each other. So wrestle. It's a wrestle. Think it over, just like Thomas. See the evidence, wrestle with the claims, and then choose to believe, or not. It's a choice to place faith and join the journey to take the steps. Thomas was ready. And he made that all-in statement showing his commitment by proclaiming jesus as his god and his lord total abandonment total commitment and some of you are there and have been there others of you like the woman at the well in john 4 verses 1 to 43 you're doubting jesus encountered this woman at the well and and told her all kinds of things and she didn't know what to do with that and she told other people about it they came they heard him they believed then she believed Or like the blind man in John chapter 9, willing to argue with the Pharisees, not even sure who had healed him. They asked the Pharisees, tell me who he is so I can believe in him. (laughs) They say, all I know is that I once was blind and now I see. Wherever you are, there is life anew with Jesus if you choose to take that step of belief. It's a journey. It starts with an initial step. Just last week, uh, uh, in our our Los Alamitos branch, a person was wrestling with the claims of Christ, and one of our uh, pastors there just challenged him and said, you know, it just takes a step of faith. And that first step is a step of proclamation, understanding that you're sinful and you need a Savior, and it's Jesus. And asked the guy, would you like to make that step? And he said, yeah, I think I will. So they prayed right then and there. And so I'm going to ask you, bow your heads with me, to pray right then and there, right now and then. So bow your head, and if you're ready to say, you know, I really want to take this step of faith. I've never done this before, and I would like to make sure I like to make sure that I've taken this step of faith. You can pray this simple prayer. It's a very simple one, just in the quietness of your own mind where your head is bowed, eyes are closed. You can say, Lord Jesus, you don't need to say it out loud, just say, Lord Jesus, I get it. I'm sinful, I've been separated by you. I understand the corrosiveness of sin. And right now I understand that you're my Savior. You took my sin upon you on the cross, and I now take that step of faith. And start this journey of faith. And I want to receive you as my Savior and as my Lord. As best as I know of myself and you right now. I pray this in your name. Amen. You can look up. And if you prayed that prayer, that's awesome. I encourage you, if you'd let me know, write it on that, on that little card that you got. Check the box and say, hey, I prayed that prayer. I'd love to send you a booklet. Or make sure that when you leave, there's one of these white packets. that has uh, uh, something written by Lee Strobel about his resurrection. I'd love for you to pick that up and read that over just to make sure. Others of you once made that initial decision like Eliza and and Thomas, but you've drifted from your commitment and it's time to refresh and make sure that Jesus is your Lord and God. That journey continues and gets back on track through prayer too. And I encourage you to take some time today and come before Jesus and say, I get it. Thanks for loving me and forgiving me. And I want to claim you again to be as my Lord and my God. And I'd love to know about that. And you could just drop me a note and I'd be happy to pray with you along with others in that. Others of you have already made living out Jesus being your Lord and God. Let Thomas's faith encourage you to continue to say to Jesus, my Lord and my God and seek to show your love for God as you love neighbors and love others and serve him. See, we all are hungry for life's meaning and purpose and significance. Jesus is the way. The evidence is out there. And it can have that life anew effect on you as you choose to see the evidence of Jesus. Wrestle with the claims of Jesus. Choose to believe in Jesus. The question is, will you? Will you make this Easter different? Don't let it be one where you just come one once a year or twice a year or whatever like that and just go out unfazed. Let this Easter be something different. Get that renewal that God has for you. I encourage you that uh, there are these packets that we've created that, that do have a book by Lee Strobel about the resurrection. I encourage you, if you're seeking God and, and not sure about your relationship with them, pick one of these up. Uh, they're in the lobby area. The ushers have them and you don't have to engage in any conversation, but pick one up and, and do that. And, or check that box on that card and, and make this Easter like none other. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for the joy and excitement of, of living for you and, and the reality that we can have this life anew in you. Lord, help us live that way. Help us live in that life anew reality. And may this Easter be the start of that and the continuance of that. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. We have a lot of life anew and, and, and renewal type events and activities that are.